You're listening to the Hound Steve English Podcast, a comfy place to talk about all the great and not-so-great parts of teaching ESL abroad. I'm Steve, and I'm here with Hal. Howdy. And today we're going to talk about our 2020 New Year's resolutions, so stay tuned. All right, before we dive into this, let me tell you about some new stuff on Hound Steve English. As you know, you can go to houndsteveenglish.com and get all the ESL resources you need for your adult classes or your children's classes. Currently, Hal and I are working on some pretty awesome stuff, which ties into our New Year's resolutions. And we're actually making a full wild e-curriculum, so something that will take your students in elementary school from complete beginner to A2 level. Um, we're in the middle of that, but we've also got some cool little knickknacks published for you on our blog, and many are them. Many of them are for free. Uh, Hal, could you remind us what we've got going on on the blog there for free resources? Yeah, I just wanted our um, our users to be able to access some of our premium stuff for free, just so you know they could sample it. Because um, I think everybody would be happy; they're great lessons. So I'm I'm basically have been publishing a, a full conversation book for free, lesson by lesson, uh, via the blog. So try it out and. Um, if you're happy with it, you can you can check into the rest of our stuff. And guys, I use all of these lessons for my classes, and I find these are really useful for adult students. And as long as you skim them to make sure there are no really taboo adult topics in them, they're really useful for middle school students as well, especially if you got some B1 level or B2 level students. Um, so low intermediate or high intermediate students, it's really useful and fun to talk about travel topics. And there's a ton of great grammar that's in there. So you'll find participle clauses, you'll find a lot of conditional and zero conditional and second conditional statements. And it's just a really fun time and a really good chance to make use of all those different difficult grammar points in a uh, fun conversation. Yeah, definitely. All right, so I guess 2020 New Year's resolutions. Uh, I'm really excited to talk about this because I've already bombed some of my year's resolutions really badly yeah by the way how do we how do we talk about the um so there's because we're in korea there are two different new years and um you don't have the chinese wife and uh but we're in korea so i say i feel like you can't say the chinese new year anymore in korea oh yeah you've got to say lunar new year so is that okay? Is that super outdated, super old man of me to say Chinese, <laughs> Chinese New Year? As far is as that I'm, only what Americans say that you know haven't been in Asia? I think so, but I mean, it's not that taboo. I would say it's not such a gross thing. I think it would be the same as somebody saying American Thanksgiving or just saying Thanksgiving and assuming Americans are the only folks that have a Thanksgiving. Meanwhile, Canadians have Thanksgiving as well. It's just because we're the we're the country with like 330 million people compared to Canada, which is much less than that. Um, China too. China obviously is a massive country, and Korea and Japan are much smaller. So I think they celebrate the New Year with the lunar calendar as well. But you know, it's Chinese New Year for most people because China's just the biggest country and has the most influence. Well, right, and I swear it's the natives that put me back on that term. Um, but maybe that's just me. Oh, yeah. I mean, we talk about it a lot. We, 
when you come abroad and as you guys know how and i live in korea and we live in pretty countryside uh, um places here in korea your political correctness catches up a lot later so stuff that would be taboo to korean americans or asian americans is actually just what they say here and we looked foolish whenever we use terms that we would use back home okay yeah that makes me feel a, a little bit better i i feel like that's what's going on because i also i teach a um as i may have mentioned to you just a quick tangent here because i taught the uh, i teach a, some a doctor as well and um they call it uh chinese medicine or oriental medicine but recently like this is the first time the issue came up for me and I didn't say anything, but he approached me and it was like, how do I say this in English? And I was like, I, I don't know. I mean, you can say Korean medicine, but I don't know that there's a precedent, a precedence for that. So <laughs> anyways. Yeah. How took us on a little sidetrack there. Yeah. The, the nuances of like taboos. So there's so many different places where saying those different terms so chinese medicine versus korean traditional medicine would be taboo and you're not respecting culture you're not respecting this or that but really it is for the most part the adult students who have already learned how to say those terms um so maybe they've learned in the 80s or the 90s that it's called chinese medicine and maybe perhaps like um before they became so nationalistic that's the term that they used as well in their own culture but man when those times change they change so yeah. sometimes you'll be using an outdated term that you picked up from the locals and they decided that's outdated even though you already knew it was outdated when you came here right um, yeah and they catch you and you just feel like this is not fair because i knew it was outdated you guys made me feel bad for using the progressive term <laughs> now i'm using the outdated term and then a year later you decided to use the progressive term and now you look down on me i this is insanity but uh, perhaps I'm too far ahead. I, I feel much better now. Yeah. Yeah, but I guess uh, I guess we should do with the traditional New Year's resolution. So starting on January 1st. Okay. So for me, last year was the first year that I actually set up New Year's resolutions and stuck to them. Before that, I was just kind of nonchalantly saying, oh, this year I want to lose weight. But I didn't assign any actual concrete goals to it, like a certain amount of pounds or kilograms. And I didn't assign any dates and I didn't break it down according to like, all right, by this week, I'm going to have run a mile this distance. And by this month, I'm going to have done, you know, 200 pushups a day. And last year was the first time I did that. Like I, I created a huge set of goals and then I broke it down into specific weekly steps or monthly steps at that point. And so... Ever since then, I've been really excited about New Year's resolutions because last year I hit a lot of them kind of out of the park. And I think me and you did hit them a lot out of the park as well. Okay, so break down the process a bit more. So did you you set down like a, a week or so before New Year's and then you like plotted this out well, on, a, on a journal and all those steps? How did you? Well, in January, I just had like an idea of what I wanted to do. And by March and April, I realized I didn't do that much of what I wanted. I had wanted to do last year. And I realized, man, I'm really just wasting time. 
and re I think for most people, it's just motivated by feeling bad about not having achieved things. So you get that initial like motivational burst on New Year's. You're like, man, I'm going to be the best dad or the best teacher. I'm going to write a book this year. But you don't actually make a plan. You just feast on that initial burst of optimism that you get from thinking that you're going to achieve something instead of actually working and doing the grind to get there. Completely different sensations, completely different levels or types of satisfaction. It's really easy to become, you know, elated or satisfied when you think about achieving something, but you don't get the same dopamine kick from actually doing the grind. So you've got to force yourself to do it. And I never forced myself to do it. And by March or April, I realized, man, I, I really wasted a lot of time. So I wrote down a list of what I wanted to achieve and I broke that down into months and seasons. So it was April or March. By summer, I want to do this. By fall, I want to do this. By August, I want to do this. And I put that as my screensaver on my phone. Okay. And that's how I went about it last year. And I, I did about 70% of them. So I wanted to uh, really work on our website <laughs> and our business, Alan Steve English. And we've made a lot of progress. We had our we got our membership rolling. We got our podcast rolling. Um, we've got fifteen hundred uh, plus members right now, which is just phenomenal. Stoked about it. We did an awesome job. I uh, wanted to get up to B one level Korean, which I did. I passed an A two test, so I'm kind of like in that threshold of being B one level. I still am so horrible, but I'm really proud about the progress. And I also wanted to be a famous YouTuber. Didn't quite make it, but made 70 of the 100 videos that I promised I would make and made some really great connections with some folks. So now I'm writing scripts for a few uh, big YouTube channels just because that's my little side hobby. And yeah, that was those were my New Year's resolutions and I'm pretty stoked about what they were or how I did last year. So I wrote up a whole new set of them this year. Yeah, no, I mean, I'm impressed just listening to that. That sounds like... Yeah, three well, three easy. huge ones there. Well, it's kind of easy for us because we we hold ourselves accountable to so much. So me and you just hit the computers every week and we grind out a lot of work together. And our community responds to it really well. So all you guys listening, you guys really you know, keep us motivated to keep pushing this stuff out. So maybe you know this is our business. So maybe it's kind of a little bit of a cheat that I have some New Year's resolutions dependent on it we're guaranteed to work on it but still yeah pretty awesome yeah i mean yeah but learning a language on top of that and then becoming famous on youtube that didn't quite didn't quite hit those out of the park but working on it yeah how about you what were your uh what were your 2019 resolutions but what but wait before i jump in did are, are we not to that point or did you just like prelude that it didn't work out this year or are you just talking about last year at this point? Or we're just talking oh, about Oh, yeah. Year? Well, I'm really excited to tell everybody how I failed one of my New Year's resolutions for this year. But I was just telling everybody okay. about what I did last year and how it worked out for me. And, you know, okay. looking into the new year. If you want, I'll tell you my New Year's resolutions for this well, year. Well, no, I'll, I'll jump in there. Um, yeah, I, I don't have any New Year's resolutions. And then... There's a couple of things going on there. One, I just want to point out, I feel like this is one of those things that people are just way too opinionated, opinionated about, right? Because everybody's like, some people are like, New Year's resolution, that's a great thing. And then some people are like, oh, that's silly. Why do you do that? 
you know it's a waste of time you should have a a resolution in your daily life you know so i think there's two schools of thoughts but um i think it's it's great that you've been able to harness it as a tool to improve your life and um in my case i'm thinking about like why did why why don't i have any resolutions and what's popped up in my mind is just um married life <laughs> I, I feel like new year's resolutions are kind of like a, a luxury when it's like hey this is a dream or a goal i have but i feel like now marriage and is has brought so many just like daily goals and um things that i've got to hit like you've got a you've got a strictly daily budget every single day and then you've got you're living with somebody so you, you there's so many like daily habits that i've got to tackle like every everything has got to change on a daily basis so I, I think i'm just like so caught up in surviving and and thriving in my day-to-day -day struggle that it's it's just i can't conceive of coming up with a with the new year's resolution if well that that's exactly sense. where mine came from like i'm your typical fat lazy guy fat lazy slob so i've always i've always had uh, a hard work ethic when it came to running our own businesses but outside of our primary businesses which would be the academies and our our resource website alanstevenglish.com i'm horrible i'm a slob so there's a you see me work like i'll get in four hours of work in an hour and a half I'll just churn yeah, it out really yeah. quickly. You got it and then, down. Yeah. And then for the rest of the day, I just do nothing except put Doritos on my chest and watch a movie that I'm only semi-interested in. <laughs> I'll throw on the worst movie and do nothing for no reason, which, you know, it just feels bad after a certain point. So after 31 years of doing that, it felt bad. And then I have a daughter. Um, we both have daughters now. So it's just at some point you don't want to instill kind of these lazy values in your kid right so that was actually one of my main motivation was the fact that i was married now and have a kid it's like oh i've got to have some goals something to keep me going in the evening because after i do the work i need to make sure that i'm not just being a slob so even even sitting around reading books you know your parents used to yell at you to read more books instead of playing video games i still feel like when i sit around reading books i'm like Ugh, this is still too sedentary i've got to i've got to do something i've got to create something right so last year you didn't have any resolutions do you think you'll have any this year um yeah i don't guess it's too late i guess I, it would be a level up if i pledged right here on the podcast to something that i think you should i'd be triple accountable to you and and to this podcast as well um so yeah, I guess through the uh, the course of this podcast, so I'll come up with a few. Just because, I mean, you can't really have a good excuse not to not to take a stab. I scheme you. Well, maybe from listening to my insane list of twelve New Year's resolutions, you lost. So, what do you think? Fine, so. What do I need? One, two, three. Oh, I think I think as many as you can, <laughs> okay. and I think align them with things that you're already doing. So, okay. Obviously, we've got the academies, and we've got the uh, we've got the website, and we're living abroad in Korea. So there's 
there's already three things that you can just continuously dip into. Uh, so your uh, your New Year's resolutions really align with what you're already doing in life. And I think that's what all of mine okay. already align with. All mine are based around the business, uh, the academies, or the, the curriculum we create. Or just living in Korea. I don't have anything that says I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna travel to Spain before the end of the year. Okay. Yeah, lead the way. All right. Well, got? one thing that I'm really excited to share. I've got 12 crazy New Year's resolutions, and uh, I assume our listeners are indulging us by listening to this if they haven't turned off yet. But uh, if you want to hear some crazy New Year's resolutions, this is the place. But one of them is to is to lose weight but i didn't do the traditional weight loss concept i i set my goal as hiking mountains by certain dates so i selected seven mountains and they're not really that famous in korea they're actually not famous at all i used neighbors map view and neighbors to google for korea and i looked at all the different maps in my area and i just clicked on the mountain peaks and it gave me a recommendation uh, recommended vista of oh you need to hike to this point and see this and i chose them according to that so these really random weird but i assume it's going to be an awesome trek um mountains i chose instead of weight loss but i guess by april 11th i need to hike a mountain called yuncheon songsan so yuncheon is like the northernmost county in korea before you get to north korea that's where one of our academies is and there's this mountain that I can see from our academy in the distance. And I selected that one. And by April 11th, I have to hike it. And for our listeners, you've probably seen pictures of me somewhere. I'm a big boy. So I'm, I'm like a, a super out of shape football coach. Body, <laughs> I assume. Just to be flattering to myself. And the way I plan to do this is basically I'm going to eat a big soup for lunch. And then I'm going to eat two tiny kimbaps for dinner. You know, nothing else really works well for me. Like, I can't just do calories. I can't decide I'm only going to eat 1,500 calories or 2,000 calories to lose weight because if there's any freedom and choice for the food, that for some reason leads me to eat more. It's like, oh, I've already, I'm going to eat 400 calories of Oreos. Oh, well, I've already eaten Oreos. Let me eat a bit more. And just, you know, I've still got 500 calories to go today. Why don't I just eat, 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 eat? And then by the end of the day, I've ruined it. But... I decided I'm just going to eat the same food every day. So my choices were sundeguk and kimbap. And sundeguk, for people that don't know, is a, a soup of blood noodle sausage and offal, opa, whatever the internal organs for cows or pigs are. <laughs> yeah. And also like random chopped up ears and snout. And it's just, it's really gross if you think about it. But it's, it's not bad. It's really filling. Um, and I searched and it said it was 700 calories. So I, I thought I did good. And I kind of started my New Year's resolution for weight loss or for hiking a month early. So I started December 1st doing that. I gained four kilograms, which is a lot of weight. <laughs> yeah. And obviously the big thing that I changed was eating sundegu. And apparently it's not like just 700 calories. Like it's, I guess it makes sense when you think about it. Because it's just a bunch of pig fat and pig noses chopped up and thrown into a soup with blood sausage. So it's like a lot of fat. And it, the fatty meat's been stewing in there all day. But anyway, yeah. I'm an idiot. I gained weight on my weight loss journey. 
and now I'm worse off than when I started. But the thing that gets me is it doesn't even taste that good. Like, I'd much rather eat, you know, Mom's Touch Chicken Burgers, and those are awesome, and apparently they have fewer calories than Sindigu. <laughs> right. So I'm really pissed about it, actually. Like, I can't believe that I ate something that really wasn't that good because I was so into losing weight, and I thought it would work out, and I could have... I gained weight. It's, it's the most bizarre punishment ever. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if I'm thinking about it the wrong way, but I mean, that... Did you... Could you frame it as you learned something really valuable there? Because I feel like that's what gets you a lot of the time is these, like, supposed... The, the counting the calories or whatever, and then it's just, like, some random food that's not like it's supposed to be or or drinking or something or this or that and then it like sabotages you every time right yeah yeah that's pretty much you know how's been my roommate We've, we have this business together so he's watched me just yo-yo through the years at one point i was thin but yeah either reading the wrong nutritional information online or you know just undercounting myself has always screwed me in the end I guess I'm in the I'm in the space now where I could eat anything for lunch. Like as long as I eat the same food every day for at least two weeks, I'm good. So at least I'm able to do that now. Because what I was eating was pretty boring and pretty pretty bad to be honest. Like if you eat the same food every day for a month, you're not gonna be happy. So I got that going for me. So by April 11th, I will be on Yunchun Songsun Mountain hiking up. Yeah, I guess that's... I don't know if they have that here, but I guess maybe that's the appeal. Have you seen that stuff online in the U.S. where they pre-pack and, like, send you your lunch and dinner every day in the little sets? Yeah. It's like... They've got it down to a science, I guess. On well, that counts on if, everything. If you literally are not... If you remove options and choice and, you know, overeating is similar to smoking or all these other bad habits, it's... It's more than just putting food in your body. It's like all the little micro habits that go along with it, going out and shopping, going out and having a good time. It's like your source of entertainment. It's your source of relaxation. It's your source of many other things except, you know, the caloric needs that your body has. So when you take all that away and somebody just gives you slop and you have to eat it for <laughs> nutrition or gives you a set serving and that's it. Yeah. Right. It really, it's really helpful. But uh, yeah, so now I'm I'm just gonna do tenjang jjigae, which is miso soup for anybody who doesn't know what it is. And God willing, that doesn't have secret hidden calories in it, because that would really just be so disappointing. So what about the mountains? Yeah, yeah. So well, I guess I said I don't really have a weight loss goal, but it is a weight loss goal. But it's like a a sneaky weight loss goal. So it's impossible for me to hike a mountain successfully really right now at this weight. So I'm trying to eat better so I can get in shape for that okay. mountain. Cause I got to hike it regardless. If I'm still big, I've got to hike it. And that's going to be miserable. So Yeonchun, Songsan I'm going to, um, that's probably going to be pretty great. It's right over Jane Popo, which is a waterfall. That's a big tourist attraction over there. And it's going to be in April. So should see some budding trees out there. And I assume it's pretty desolate in a good way. Yeah. You know, it's right on the border there with North Korea or pretty close to it. Um, I'm not going to step on mines, I hope, knock on wood. But 
it shouldn't be too much foot traffic, so it's pretty exciting. And then I've got, you know, five more. I'm going to uh, Kamaksan, which is out in Paju, and uh, Byungsan-san, Chunbo-san, which is right where you live in Nogya. Um, so yeah, it's going to be great. I think you should pick this up. This is one New Year's resolution I would recommend to you. Yeah, I mean, I'll tag along for sure. Um, yeah, I'm hoping it turns into a bigger thing. I do have to say, I be careful on that. Make sure you don't make the same mistake I do because it sounds kind of like I used to work out and I used to go to the the gym. And then it's like, but then I went, I'd go to the gym after I have it in a while because I have this cold. And then it's like I haven't stretched or done anything. And I don't, I think it's lactic acid, but you know, basically you get super sore the first time you use your muscles and you haven't used them in a long time. So yeah. it's like the first 10 minutes when I go to the gym, that's the useful time. And then it's just like the body is just like flushed with that. And then you just, it's like you do three or four hours basically of just abusing your muscles. Cause you got to do like a few warm up days or, or, you know, everybody in America or everybody in the world really has the wrong idea. I do that every time. Yeah. Our parents just forced us to exercise or forced us to run or play football until it hurt, until we didn't want to do it, until we couldn't lift, until like you fail, do reps until you fail on weight machines. But you're not supposed to hate what you do. Like it shouldn't be like you leave the gym just dying and hating it and never wanting to come back. Yeah, man. I'm just getting flashbacks of football days, man. <laughs> Those were insanity. I quit football. I probably shouldn't have, uh, but I quit football because of the, the weight training summers that we had to go do. That was rough. Oh, man. that That's too much of a tangent, but I got to mention, uh, I went to where I went to uh, high school, the town next to me, about 20 minutes away, 10, 20 minutes away, Pulaski, that's the home that's where the Ku Klux Klan originated um, so we're talking like pretty deep woods in Tennessee and <laughs> my parents moved us out there from a fairly big city and they just had they had a football team and a basketball team and a volleyball team and a baseball team I think and they were like still of the opinion like soccer what's that that's for sissies but i was really good at soccer and so my parents uh, my mom taught at the school and like advocated and did like a a um a protest basically and so <laughs> the principal was like yeah i'll oblige you whatever and he did like a school poll and he was like nobody will vote for soccer and he put like golf team and some other stuff and it backfired and people were like, yeah, let's have a soccer team. So the the year I started high school in that little small town, they were like, okay, we've we've got to do a start a soccer program. And the football coach was like, okay, yeah, I'll teach soccer too. And it was, it was uh, 17 football players and me and, and one <laughs> other guy that played soccer before. <laughs> I won't go into I won't oh, go man, any further insanity. than that, but yeah. Well, I want to hear oh, more. Man, it was, what did they look like nuts. out there? 
it was just crazy like the the rules are completely different <laughs> in football you you tackle people but in soccer you can't do that you got to go for the ball in football you go for the person so did you guys win yeah it was uh it was a big controversy uh we won some games but we were like that dirty team or whatever because the football players were like basically abusing the soccer the small soccer players that didn't play like that and uh, yeah yeah we made we made it pretty far we made it to the state championship or whatever but uh there were like <laughs> there were there were like uh, the fights extended into the crowd like the parents of the soccer players were pretty upset and like the parents of the football players were I remember they would fight in the stands as well. That is the most amazing story that I've never heard. Yeah, it was it was bad. <laughs> we should have led with that. Yeah, we'll we'll throw it into the title. <laughs> Maybe. That's good. Yeah. It would definitely get to that. I guess um my next New Year's resolutions are all about Alan Steve English. Um so I've got like two categories. Okay. One is my personal life, which includes being a dad, and one is Alan Steve English. So I think that would probably be, you know, we always, we're going to work on these things anyway, so it might be your news resolutions as well. So this would probably be really interesting to our listeners. Um, four, four different New Year's resolutions I've got. One, we're going to create six student book series, or Six full-on student books that cover young learners from beginner to advanced or beginner to intermediate. So that's starters, movers, flyers, if you're following the Cambridge scale. Um, the CEFR system would be pre-A1, A1 point, or A1, and then A2 level. Uh, we're going to be working on that this year and publishing it this year, which is going to be huge. We're also creating a full writing-focused workbook series for each of those books. Um, and my New Year's resolution, the second part of my Holland Steve English New Year's resolution is a bunch of deadlines for that. So we discovered that a lot of the CEFR curriculum is really great, but in Asia, um, parents won't give you two or three years of fun, communicative classes until their kid is really, really communicative and then focus on writing results and essay writing. They want their kid to be able to write from the first day. So we've got a lot of writing worksheets that should help you um, impress parents and kids who are accustomed to rote memorization. And then we're also going to create some writers. So I've attached some deadlines to, I mean, readers. We're going to make readings. Uh, so for each unit in our books, we're going to create a reading book. So we've got to create a book per unit there are 10 units in a book we have six books so we have got to create 60 readers and we're definitely doing all that this year so i guess i said four but i guess those are three those are my three hound steve english um new year's resolutions and so far we're doing pretty good on them we've been knocking out uh week by week now and uh it's looking really good yeah that's a handful man so i guess i in a backhanded way, you've kind of been roped into these New Year's resolutions for Hound Steve English. Well, yeah, I mean, that's a win for me. Hold me accountable. Yeah, I'm really interested in having our uh, listeners get on the show because I know we've talked to a lot of 
academy owners here in South Korea. And what I've picked up from a lot of folks is they either teach a CF CEFR scaled curriculum, which leads to a lot of parent complaints because unless the kid memorized something, memorized test questions and answered a multiple, uh, multiple choice test question really well, based on their memorization, not their actual ability, it's kind of difficult for parents to understand what English is. They don't understand communicative English. They don't understand, I guess, English in the real world. They only understand it in the context of, well, some kid down the street got a better test score than me. Even though he can't speak English and he can't write English, he, he got a better test score. So I'm really excited to provide a solution to those different teachers, you know, because I don't think any native English speaker teacher wants to teach um, a rote memorization style course. No, yeah, I mean, because why, yeah, why would you travel across the planet to do that when anybody can do that? Literally anybody can do that. Yeah, so, but at the same time, you gotta be pragmatic. So I think this series, especially the workbook is gonna be really helpful for people um, because you're not going to be able to teach kids English unless you actually have students in your class. So whether you're an employee or you own your own academy, you're going to need to compromise. And even if it is a little bit of a rote grind for the kids, you know, it is actually helpful at the end of the day. They get a lot of writing practice out of it. So I'm really excited to see how that workbook changes Bomb's opinions about what a native English teacher should do in class. Yeah, I agree. Um, when they can see... It's something they can look at. So when they see the results, when they see those uh, worksheets or whatever, yeah, I think that'll change their perception. And then, yeah, let me know when you want to jump in. I feel pretty narcissistic on this podcast, just talking about my own New Year's resolutions here. Um, but I can keep marching through them. I've got a two or three more here. Okay, no, yeah. I mean, um, the only thought I've had is uh, definitely the first one on my list. I need to uh, do what you've done. So I'm headed over to China for the Lunar New Year. And in China, the Lunar New Year is pretty big. I'm going to spend five days over there. And then um, what I'll do is what you have is jot down everything break it down put down what are my current goals and just kind of add deadlines to that and concrete concrete goals and i think that'll be a good start for number one well i scheme you then i guess i'll just continue on with this uh narcissistic endeavor as it were so i guess my phone usage is pretty insane i'm your typical guy that complains about people using their phone too much but I'm, I've got my phone ready at my hand. It's kind of like an anxious little tick of mine. Like, if I've got a free second, instead of reaching for something to smoke, as I imagine a smoker would do, or something to eat, as, you know, I've been known to do, mm -hmm. uh, I reach for my phone, and I just begin mindlessly scrolling, even though I know I have, like, a 15-minute daily deadline on there. Right. It's really... It's really bad because I, I assume I'm a person that doesn't use their phone that much compared to my students who I see just with no shame scrolling through their phone for two hours before class begins. 
no shame whatsoever, just mindlessly just zoning out and scrolling through their phone, which is horrible, I think. Um, yeah, so I've got a 15-minute usage limit on my phone nowadays. I'm really worried because I don't want to turn my phone off during the day, but I think that's the only solution to get me to stop using it. Yeah. So if I get a Facebook message or anything, I still take it out to use it, even though I've already used my 15 minutes in the morning scrolling Reddit while in the bathroom or something. But yeah, I'm really worried to turn it off because we have important stuff going on with the business. And yeah, so I just keep failing. No, yeah, I think it's a huge issue. I think because in the U.S., I think um, people take social norms for granted. But, I mean, social norms really keep you in line. So I, I assume in the U.S., there's still the social norm and the social etiquette. Like, you got to be real careful with your phone. But here in Korea, it's, it's the Wild West. I mean, people are on their phones all the time, and it's it's, it's accepted to a degree it's not in the u.s so it's it's hard not to kind of fall into that to a degree you know when everybody else is doing it and when it's acceptable so i think um i'm probably in a similar boat there i think it only becomes apparent like yeah if you have an issue or if you go back to the u.s (laughs) um but yeah and then there's the business aspect you got to stay plugged into a degree so it's tricky yeah getting emails all the time getting messages it's it is really tricky but you mentioned something really interesting i assume young kids in america are pretty bad with their technology usage because that's all i read about and that's all i see people complaining about okay is how teenagers use their phone too much but my siblings or my one sibling and her husband, I never see use their phones at all. The only people in my family who are around my age or younger, so in their 20s, who use their phone would be my uh, two cousins I have, Joe and Alex. And when I met them recently, they rarely used their phone. Like their phone was in the other room and didn't use it. Like they're not just mindlessly scrolling on it. So, but <laughs> here, like, uh, 20-year-olds, 30-something-year-olds, 40-something-year-olds just scrolling non-stop on that phone and it's just pointless. It's, it's Instagram images and they're not interesting at all. Like, nothing stimulating about looking at random people's Instagram images for two hours. I get Reddit a little bit. <laughs> yeah. I use Reddit for about 20 minutes and then I've, I've soaked up all the information <laughs> yeah. I've got on there and, and the rest of the time I go to Facebook to watch you know, expats argue about stuff or to watch uh, somebody post a really racy meme that I'm way too cowardly to post myself. But just using, looking at people's Instagram pictures and knowing how fake Instagram pictures are, especially, everybody knows that. I mean, people go out with each other and they sit around a table and nothing fun happens there. And if you're a young stud from the States, you've probably, if you've got an ounce of uh, charisma, then you've been out uh, lately and you've noticed that people really aren't that fun to be around, but they love to take photos pretending to have a fun time. It's really weird. So I don't know why people just look at fake fun times. 
I guess I'm an old man on a soapbox, <laughs> but it really makes no sense. Yeah. You know, like, I'm every time I go out now, it's just a bunch of people not enjoying anything. They're there just to take photos. No matter where I go, it doesn't have to be an awesome tourist destination like, uh, what's the palace called in Seoul? Gyeongbokgung? Yeah. Gyeongbokgung? It, it, just a random park out here in Yeonchun. People go there and it's just nonstop pictures and then looking at their phone to check the quality and then looking miserable walking around because they're actually not entertained or not enjoying anything about it. They're just, they just get went there to get the photo to rub it in everybody's face and to increase their face in the other sense of the word. Yeah, I feel like that's really unique to Korea, though. I mean, the extremity of it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this place is definitely known for being extremely superficial. So they do, they do really do it too much. I've noticed it as well with any tourists from eastern countries well, that they uh i mean I, again with the social norms like i don't know if you like i ride the subway and when i'm on the subway um there'll be like somebody sitting a, a chick sitting next to me like continually taking pictures of herself selfies and then like editing editing them and <laughs> it's it's like fine like to do that in front of other people but maybe you know maybe we want to do that in the u.s too but it would just be too shameful like you you know if we do it in our bathroom maybe in front of the mirror but yeah it's rampant yeah like you said it wouldn't i don't think it would be so ubiquitous back home so not every single person it wouldn't be the expectation for everybody to do it like obviously young people and everybody does it but or you wouldn't see my 40-year-old English student doing that as well. Or so so hyper-interested on inviting me out for a lunch student-teacher date, kind of. Um, and then taking photos and putting it on her Insta and then on her Snap and then on her Facebook. And that happens way up more often to you than me. There's only a brief time that that happened to me during the glorious thin days. Yeah, I don't know what Snap is, but I'm following you. Um, quite a tangent, but uh, besides that one, um, yeah, I've got like a lot of a lot of dad and husbanding. So I want to read a story to my daughter every night. But lately, she's hated me. She's only wanted her mom around, which I think is because uh, she's just a rude person. So she's 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 24 months old right now. She's just been really. She has these time periods where she wants to be friends with me. And then during these other routines or other tasks, she wants nothing to do with me. So getting out of the car when we go from my mother-in-law's house to our house and we bring her upstairs, she just fights me. She doesn't want to be in my arms. We get upstairs. It's time to run around the house. We go to sleep. It's 50-50 on, oh, I want you to read me a book. I'm sorry, it's 33, 33, 33. I want you to read me a book. I want you an op to open the book so I can crimple up all the pages and tear out pages. Or I just want to hang out with mom. But going to try and read a book through all that. You're just going to power through it. Power through it. Just the cutest thing in the world. 
she's just before I came out here tonight to record this podcast, she dumped an entire container of Korean style popcorn on the floor. So that was that was pretty cute. <laughs> okay. She just ran through it all and was shoving it in everybody's face and she speaks more Korean than English now, but she says she calls me Yobo because my wife calls me Yobo. That's a Korean word for like honey or sweetheart. I used to cringe when you see dads that are like call their daughter sweetheart or something or something like that. But it is the cutest thing. I get it now. So she calls me Yobo and then shoves popcorn in my face. Pretty good time. Yeah, there you go. I'm I'm fascinated fascinated to follow your path here myself. They're really great storybooks that I got from Disney called Five Minute Stories. And each one's about twelve, as you would guess, five minute stories. And they have them for everything. They have them for Pixar movies, uh, Spider-Man, The Avengers, like a lot of characters. And then a lot of the big movies have their own set. It's just really great stuff because if you show your kid animated movies or movies at all, which apparently I'm not <laughs> supposed to do, but whatever, I do it. Dude. And then the, your kid sees those books, they go, they go crazy for it. So it's like a win-win. The kid loves reading even more because she sees Elsa or she sees... Uh, what's that big furry monster from Monsters? Mm, the blue guy. Wazowski. Yeah. Oh no, some Irish name. Sullivan. It was Sully. So she sees Sully in the book and she freaks out. So it's pretty great. Yeah. Don't get me started on books. Uh, I have a few Disney books, but um, the um, father-in-law that helps us is a traditional guy from from china and uh i'm i'm dr seuss all the way i've got a lot of dr seuss books but i've got a lot of these books and he's complained to my wife he's like these american books like they don't have a point because a lot of the books there's a lot of imagination and kind of it's not kind of clear and there's a kind of a, a lot of them are poetic but apparently the Chinese yeah. storybooks, they all have like a clear moral, like kind of like Hansel and Gretel, straightforward kind of stuff. And they are just blown away. And like the, the Dr. Seuss books, they're just straight up like, what is this? Like uh, Alice in Wonderland. They're like, even my wife's like, I don't, I don't get Dr. Seuss. Like, what's the deal? But but best oh, yeah, fascinating. But, but best really thing Doctor Seuss for me when I was discovered that when I was a, a kid. So yeah, I'm hammering I'm hammering away with Doctor Seuss. We'll see what we'll see how it plays out. Did your when you read? Do you hold your kid? Because when I my kid grabs the book, comes and sits next to me. If I'm laying down, she'll lay right next to my head, or sit down next to my head, or she'll lay down on my lap. We open the book. And when she was younger, she would last about two minutes, grab the book and throw it or crumple it. Now she's 24 months. So she'll sit down and she'll fall asleep while I read the book. If I read for 10 or 20 minutes, but that's about 25% of the time. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. Like the other, the other time she runs to her mom, she wants her mom to read the book and she still occasionally would just crumple up pages. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, no. 
Your kid does uh, the same? No, I was really excited. I I don't know if this is what you're talking about, but yeah, I told my wife I figured out if you if I carry my daughter while I read, like her attention pan oh. attention span increases like doubles basically. So now I'll carry her around. And if I'm carrying her and reading at the same time, her attention pan uh, attention span uh, increases and then yeah, I'm just but I'm super bombastic when I read the I'm like making animal noises and like pointing to her body and doing a bunch of crazy stuff to like bring the story to life. But otherwise, she wouldn't listen to me for more than 30 seconds. Okay, yeah, I sound pretty much like I do when I narrate a video or like I do right now. Dude, yeah, I go super over the top. So she she prefers me. Is it your nighttime this, ritual? The, she prefers me at this at this point in time because my wife just straight up reads it. <laughs> yeah. Do you uh do you do it for your nighttime ritual or do you do my it... schedule is the opposite of you I think so I I hit it pretty heavy in the morning time and some just randomly in the evening if I have time. How many minutes can you get out of her? Because I'll probably change it up. Uh, recently, I've I've been able to do a, a few books, so it's like maybe two or three minutes per book. I don't know. I haven't timed it. When you carry her, do you use the harness or do you hold her in your hands? I hold her. I haven't tried. It's I haven't gotta be tried a handful with the, the harness. Book in, uh... Yeah, is that well? I mean, my daughter's not as heavy as yours yet, I guess. Yeah, I'm she's still comfortable to carry. That's a good idea, though. I have a harness that I love wearing. Like, yeah, man, strapper, ever since strapper the hangover around. Ever since the hangover, I think it's become really cool or funny for men to hold their babies in harnesses. <laughs> I guess so, yeah. But now it's it's not even fun or cool or funny anymore. Like now, I thought it would be, but I go outside, everybody, every dad's got their kid in a harness, so. Huh. I lost that progressive opportunity, or that opportunity to be more progressive than people around me. It's really disappointing. Oh, yeah, I'd love to see it. I'd love to see you come out in the harness. <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay. You'll see it one day. Um, yeah, before, besides that, definitely going to write a book for my daughter this year. I'm just such a bad writer, probably, but I realized that, you know, for the past 10 years, I've been writing English language resources, or I've been writing blog posts, or I've been writing instructional books, basically, instead of writing fiction, because I'm probably just too nervous about anybody ever reading my fiction and i think this is a good opportunity to write it for somebody who really won't care and will love it in 20 years time or 50 years time when i'm dead hopefully 50 years time and uh yeah i think that would be pretty awesome to do and especially with how great we were able to illustrate stuff i think it'd be a win-win and uh I feel like I'm getting long-winded, and I feel really, uh, what's the word? 
What's that word? If you're really weird, just listen off my New Year's resolutions, for lack of a better word. But uh, my second goal is to be to finish B2 level Korean and maybe even approach the gates of being C1. And I've got weekly goals. I'm memorizing a ton of words a week. I'm using them in conversations with my wife. I plan to get through the Seoul National University uh, up through book four series. So that should put me at five. Technically five is supposed to be C1 level. Um, I'll probably be C1 level according to a test, but definitely not in terms of communication. Still my goal. And I think that's about it. I Yeah, I, I've got one. I'll, I'll add one to my list. And that Did it. figure out how to make the wife happy. Uh, I can't get into the nuts and bolts of that oh, at all. Um, yeah, she just lets the daily stresses and daily life get to her more. You know me, I'm super easygoing, carefree. And so I think I need to take that more upon myself. So uh, talking about all this stuff we're doing in our lives, so maybe I can surprise her, you know, mix in a little romanticism do something there go the extra mile i think that'll i'll definitely add that to the new year's resolution just um just randomly do something there that's a good one i think we might have said this before your wife and i seem to be pretty similar ah right so You and my wife seem to be pretty similar in a non-weird way. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I'm definitely the crazier half of my relationship, so I I let the stress of everything get to me every day. So it's... I wonder if I can offer some advice. How would it help? Um, I have no idea. I think, I think that's like a really self-created... Thing. you live in your own reality you live in your own interpretation of reality right so it's very obvious that like small things don't really matter in the long game right everybody knows that but it's hard to really resonate with that when you're in the middle of being angry at a customer or you know some mom's holding you accountable for some kids results even though you just had them enroll a month ago or some terrible driver for the fifth time today decided to tailgate you when you have your daughter in the car for no reason yeah right so yeah I lose my patience in the end and I'm just like you know but yeah I need to figure that out (laughs) yeah let's uh let us bond lines on that later on I guess um I feel really self-conscious about yeah. this podcast. Just me well, yeah, rambling I, on. I feel like we basically recorded a. I feel like we basically recorded a personal phone call. <laughs> yeah, I think so. I think so. Um, well, folks, I guess I'm gonna cut it there. Let's uh, let's let you get on with your days. I hope, perhaps, looking at our New Year's resolutions, you can share with us what you have planned for this year. Maybe deciding to be a really awesome teacher. A much better husband or wife maybe a better parent maybe you're going to go hike some mountains and i'll see you out there maybe you're going to go to china with Hal one time whatever it is we'd be curious to know just so we're not alone throwing our goals out into the ether and as always love it if you check out howandsleepingless.com 
we uh, we try to do honest work by you guys, so we're putting a lot of free resources on the blog. Really hope you get a chance to look at them. Right now we're at 1,500 plus members, and that was in a year. So we're really hoping to at least double that by next year. Yeah, guys, catch you, next catch time. you later.